Hi, welcome to the Talking Serverless podcast. I am joined by Sircon. He is the CEO of Thundra, and we're going to be jumping into uh, a little bit about what Sircon does and also his history and past uh, in serverless. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me for the episode. I am doing well. Thanks for asking. And how about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, so today is uh, Friday. How are you feeling about the past week? Uh, we are very busy about the new features, about the upcoming new features for 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 AWS Raven. So really working hard. So, so I was very busy, especially today and yesterday. So hopefully we will come up with very great features for for the service users. So until AWS Raven. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So y'all are y'all going to be? Do you have a booth there or? Sorry, uh, I couldn't understand. Yeah, do you have a booth at uh, AWS Reinvent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. We have we have booth. So so we are so we are waiting for for service users to talk about on talk about us about Tundra or service in general. Hmm. And so okay. I can't remember exactly the booth number, but yes, we have booth on AWS Reinvent. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, the user or the the amount of people that usually go to Reinvent over yeah. like fifty thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, Raymat is the biggest event for us because because AWS Lambda is the biggest service platform. So so most of the service users. So AWS Lambda is the most uh, most common service platform and the most powerful service platform. So from this perspective, the Raymat is the most important event for us in the year. So we are we are so we are uh, we are preparing for it very hard. Mm. And so, to kind of get an idea for the listeners, what does what does Thunder what does Thunder do? Okay, so basically, Thunder is a service monitoring solutions, but at least for now. <laughs> so, with the new upcoming features, they so you will see that Thunder is not just for service monitoring. So, there will be new new upcoming features until AWS Reinvent. So, so we think that we will cover more more areas rather than just just service monitoring but for now i can say that we are service monitoring solutions we collect traces metrics and logs from from the users service applications and uh, we we aggregate the collected telemetry data and shows the bottlenecks of the application shows the errors and the bottlenecks of the user service applications and helps users to troubleshoot their performance or uh, the application logic prob- related problems on their service applications. Hmm. Now that's a that's a really difficult problem in serverless is kind of getting a handle and a grip on what your hundreds of functions are actually doing. Yeah, because service is a new new area, uh, so the traditional monitoring solutions don't fit to serverless mon- service world. So this is the reason that why we built Tundra because we also we also we also AWS Lambda users, so we know the monitoring is one of the biggest challenges in serverless world. So that is that is the reason that uh, we come up with, with a solution like Tundra for for others. And so, how did this how did this all start with Tundra? Where did where did the idea kick off? So, in fact, while I was working Ops Genie, uh, I start a project uh, named Instant Management uh, Platform or System. So, in fact. Uh, let let me start with 
with the with the with the story of Off Genie. So self monitoring is uh, one of the key aspects of Off Genie. So in fact, if you are in uh, SaaS world and you are managing a mission critical system like like Ops Genie, you must monitor uh, yourself in deep to be highly available highly available all the time. And therefore, monitoring therefore monitoring service applications with high resolution telemetry data uh, was a first class require first class requirement for us. And there were already used internal monitoring infrastructure in Ops Genie, but it was designed for for typical contain container-based applications. And then we looked around to find a tool to help us for monitoring our AWS Lambda functions, but couldn't find a useful solution at that time. By the way, uh, that time is the beginning of the 2017. And so we decided to implement our own internal service monitoring tool. And after some time, we noticed that uh, monitoring is one of the biggest pain points in service world. So it, it's not just for us and where the traditional monitoring solutions uh, doesn't work. So we made Tundra a separate project in Opsgini. So Tundra was not related with, with Opsgini's core product. And then with the, with the Atlassian option acquisition, we spun off from Opsgini and become a separate company at the end of uh, 2018, last year. Wow, no, that's, a, that's a pretty great story. So Opsgini was covering containers, you all yeah. saw a gap. And yeah. then you all made Thunder around it. Yeah, there were there were containers and service applications in Opsgini. And so I was one of the developers of the pilot project for serverless for serverless in Opsgini. And then I had experienced uh, the pain points of serverless. So in the beginning of 20, 2017. So so I thought that we need to build our own serverless monitoring solution because because the CloudWatch was not sufficient for us to to ter- to monitor our service applications in Leap. So that is the beginning of the Tundra story in Opsgini. Gotcha. So so while you were working at Opsgini and you said that you saw these these pain points, um, what type of pain points do you see most commonly in serverless? I think uh, there are not just monitoring. Uh, monitoring is a pain point. There are also other areas like. Like like testing, debugging, and deployment, and the security, and the other areas. So monitoring is monitoring was one of the first challenges we uh, we serve we we faced, and that was the reason that we we start from the monitoring. So I think there are still uh, there are still other uh, challenges in serverless. For example, for me, debugging is still a very big challenge for serverless. And also the security is also another challenge for serverless. But but I think if we go back to earlier stages in the service lifecycle, so I think the debugging uh, might be a biggest challenge in serverless. So besides monitoring, gotcha. Yeah, no, I see that all the time. Actually, is even even with uh, experience working in serverless, still debugging seems like the biggest time sink. Yeah, um, out of all the areas. Yeah, because we are coming from the container world, so we are coming from the classical web applications. So when we want to migrate the classical application to serverless, we want to debug our applications because for traditional applications, we are using our IDE and we are putting the breakpoints to trace the code execution line by line to find and hunt the bug. That were our current approach before serverless. So while we are migrating to serverless, we we still want to trace the code execution, but currently it is not feasible for serverless. 
from for remote debugging your application. So that is the that is one of the points that we are we are working on it rather than monitoring. Mm. Maybe we can talk about it if you are interested in. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 really interesting. One question that's been at the top of my mind since we started is uh, what you've seen the rate of adoption with serverless with the. Uh, you talked about migrating, like people are migrating from containers and classical applications over. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen the adoption rate over the past six months to a year? Uh, we are seeing that uh, there is noticeable increase in service adoption, ad- in service adoption compared to a year ago. So as far as we see, uh, service users are mostly small startups, and there are just a few enterprise companies. And I think it is expected that, uh, and as uh, migrating legacy infrastructure to serverless should not be easy lift and shift. And also there are still challenges in serverless, but over time they are they are handled and they will be handled by AWS and third-party services like Tundra. And from the enterprise consp- company's perspective, I think they are waiting for my- migrating to serverless and looking for big serverless success stories to be sure that uh, serverless is the right direction for them. So, so I believe that these success stories will uh, will encourage them to migrate to serverless, and there will and there will be quadratic increase in the service adoption. And additionally, I believe I definitely believe that uh, the future is serverless. So, in here by serverless, I don't just mean service functions, the FAS, but also I mean many service many services like. DynamoDB, Aurora, Athena, and the others. Okay, so when you say when you say serverless, you're you're talking about all the kind of like fully managed services that yeah, also right. support yeah, the sure. Lambda functions and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I lean the same way uh, when talking about serverless because you know it's not just you can't just run like a function in isolation and right. you know now that you don't have to manage the database and you don't have to manage the other compute resources, it's like you can just like plug and play with all these different. Uh, whether it's AWS or GCP, um, and kind of create these really robust applications with, you know, very little overhead. Um, yeah. So when it comes to uh, getting into the the idea of like moving forward multiple years into the future, and you talked about third party services uh, like Thundra or AWS, what do you what do you see as like the newest areas that people are starting to work on currently around serverless? Uh- from our perspectives, yeah, we are we are also we are also considering server security and the container monitoring as well. So yeah, maybe this this might be early to talk about them, but monitoring is just one one phase of the full service development cycle. So there are there are others like deployment, testing, debugging, and security. And for testing, we already have cause injection support released months ago and. This showed us how our instrumentation infrastructure is powerful and extendable. So we are also working on supporting uh, self-protected service applications from the security perspective. And another point is that, as we have seen, there is almost no system which is completely serverless, except on a few examples. But most of the users have hybrid architectures. So even companies are moving to serverless during the long and ongoing migration process still they have hybrid architecture where there are containers and service applications together. So still there are lack of tools which can support both of containers and service worlds because people want to monitor all of their system from a single tool and they don't want to use different tools for different parts of their whole architecture. 
So I won't give much details on those at this time, but I can say that uh, we are planning to make those security and the container monitoring features publicly available until AWS reInvent on December. So just stop by Tundra boot, and so we can talk about serverless, and we can even give you a quick demo about our new, new upcoming features. Yeah, okay, so I definitely see that y'all have been working pretty hard. So um, Thundra been like monitoring, understanding, tracing, uh, debugging, logging, and then now y'all are seeing other gaps in the serverless community. Yeah, and that's then our saying main like, point, hey, yeah. we've already got, we've got this user base here. We've got the opportunity and the engineers to actually start, you know, iterating on these other parts that people are struggling with. Okay. Now that's, that's fantastic. Um, and so when it comes to like serverless security and that side, what have you seen as like the biggest gaps for somebody that has no third party solution and they're just working uh, kind of like in isolation on AWS? What type of things do they hit? I think uh, one of the security problems might come from the incoming request. And the incoming request might have malformed data and this might lead to unexpected behavior in the user's applications like SQL injection. And also, people might give uh, more permission than the required. So that might cause unexpected behavior on the external services. So I think detecting malformant requests, malformant data, and uh, detecting the, the application's normal behavior and blocking uh, the unexpected behavior, detecting and blocking or alerting the unexpected behavior uh, might be very very useful for for service applications on on AWS Lambda and also I think uh, currently the incoming request to AWS Lambda platform is blocked by default but still the, the outgoing requests are available so by default so I think uh, these outgoing requests should, should also be should also be tracked uh, from the security perspective to detect that is there any unexpected behavior so, or is there any service that your that your application interacts, but uh, you don't have any idea about what the service is doing? So, I think these these behaviors should be detected from the application. But, but of course, these kind of uh, these kinds of uh, security security requirements are not specific for AWS Lambda. So, these are for for general security requirements, but. Uh, but as I said, the general monitoring, security, and debugging tool doesn't work for serverless because serverless infrastructure, because service platform is a black box for, for you. So you can't do whatever you want. So we need, we need to have uh, new tools for, for serverless. So, so it is not feasible always to, to use the classical, classical tools for serverless. So that is the reason that why why we start Tundra and also the other uh, service uh, service tools. Yeah, no, that's that's. Thank you for the insight. Um, I think that that's something that it's sometimes like serverless security can seem as if it's not uh, as big of an issue, um, just because like you know you're just man you're managing less. Uh, so there's like you run your lambda function, you can kind of have it either private or uh, if you do have connections to it, it's almost like filtering through so many things. But uh, it's like also like that level of complexity that gets added on top of it um, puts people in a state where they're just completely lost when it comes yeah. to you know, managing security. 
Yeah, right. Even your Lambda function runs in VPC, still there is no incoming or outgoing request. Uh, the malformant request, the malformant input uh, might leak your data. So, so I think the SQL injection is one of the uh, famous problem for this kind of problems. Gotcha. SQL injection. I know one one area that we've seen as well is um, just like simple stuff even. Like people put up uh, public permissions on S3 buckets and, yeah. you know, people can just go through. Like if you put a list bucket on an S3, you can just scan the entire contents and then download. You know, so if there's like a bad actor that was just going through different URL types and looping over that, mm-hmm. um, they could end up scraping all of your data really easily. Um, so like... Uh, you know, things like that, it's like there's also like little switches that if you just sometimes it's just it's hard to know all the different buttons to push on AWS to make sure that your stuff is secure. So, um, yeah, that's great that Thunder is creating something for that. Yeah, um, and yeah. I also noticed that you have a background in Java. So assumingly, you all have been doing Java with serverless. Is that correct? Yeah, right. So, yeah, Java is one of the most most problematic runtimes on AWS Lambda. For example, the cold start is one of the biggest points for, for Java-based Lambda applications. So we experienced the, those problems while working at Opsgini. And But I believe that Java is still mainly used by many enterprise companies because Java is one of the most popular languages. But when it comes to serverless world, uh, because of the problem, because of the challenges of JVM and the cold start is one of them, Java is not one of the most popular languages, but still uh, many enterprise companies have applications written in written in Java or any other JVM languages like, like Scala or Kotlin. And they are not thinking to rewrite all the legacy applications from scratch with another language. So this is not a, this is not an option for them. And the cold starts is one of the most famous problems of serverless and cold starts is bigger problem for Java because GVM starts slower compared to other runtimes like Node, Python, or Go. And this cold start issue is showstopper, I think, for enterprise companies to migrate them serverless. And for for helping such users, we provide our Java custom runtime, which can reduce cold start delays dramatically for Java-based Lambda functions. We have seen some customers reduce their cold start latencies from from 30 seconds to 6 or 7 seconds with the help of Tundra Java custom runtimes. And we are proud of that. As Tundra, besides just monitoring, we are also helping companies to migrate serverless by handling one of the blocker challenges for them. And cold start is, was, cold start is one of them, especially for Java. And so in this context, we are helping our uh, job. We are helping our customers when they have job-based Lambda functions by by reducing the cold start latencies. Mm, yeah, no, that's something I didn't I didn't actually know that about Thunder. I didn't know y'all y'all made that. That's um that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. So when it comes to so people are using Java, big enterprises, these large companies have you know millions of lines of code bases. Sometimes um, yeah. in the future. Right. They might be looking at moving to serverless, but rewriting their applications. That's probably out of the picture, at least to some degree. So how do you see that transition happening for these large enterprises? And I think they are still waiting for, as I said, I think they are still waiting for big success stories for serverless. 
So, so if there will be more several success stories, I think these success stories will, will encourage them to migrate to serverless. So currently, they are, so I think they are, they are just waiting to be sure that serverless is the future. But I believe that serverless is the future. Uh, but currently, there are, there are seeing some, some challenges in serverless. So for example, the VPC code start was a problem for AWS Lambda, and they solved the problem. And also, uh, cold start, especially for Java-based application, is still a problem. And so I believe that this will be handled by AWS Lambda in the near future. Uh, and also, as I said, debugging is also another uh, problem for, for serverless, because uh, when you come to traditional, traditional applications, so you want to put a breakpoint to debug your applications, but this is not feasible for AWS Lambda. But we, we see that this is a problem for service users. So that is the reason that uh, while we are, why we put effort, why we put effort for Tundra to support debugging. For example, uh, we have detailed tracing support for Tundra, so users can trace their function line by line and can, can see the values and the local variables at each line during execution. So it's a kind of uh, non-breaking breakpoint, which basically gets snapshots of the application during execution on every line without suspending the application. So you can understand how the code executed in your application later uh, through Tundra console. So basically, we trace every executed code line in your application. We collect uh, the low-level data from your applications, like like the values of the local variables, arguments, and during the execution of each line. And then later with Tundra console, you can see uh, the code execution in your in your Lambda application line by line to to understand how your function behaves internally and and but and what was the origin of the problem in your code? So that is the reason that why why we put detailed tracing support to Tundra because we believe that uh, besides monitoring, debugging is one of the uh, biggest challenges in serverless because because even you test all of uh, the features or your your code base on your local when you deploy your applications to cloud. So, so it is expected that uh, there there will there will be issues because you can't simulate the cloud the cloud environment on your local. So, for example, you may you may emulate some of the third party services or external services on your local, but when you but when your application interacts with the with, with that service in real environment, there might be different problems. For example, there might be insufficient permissions or there might be or maybe uh, the third maybe the external service might behave differently in the cloud environment or maybe you didn't test it all the cases on your local but on production uh, different requests or different different input uh, might lead your application fail so in this case you need to collect as much as uh, telemetry data to find the problem because it might be hard to reproduce the same problem in the future. So, so if so, when there's a problem, you need to collect every detail from uh, from your application itself to understand the problem. Because 
mostly the problems are come from your application itself, not the third-party services. So that is the reason that why debugging is still a big, uh, big challenges in serverless. Yeah, no, I think that that's all that stuff that you said is really great, actually, because I think a common problem that people face is when it comes to building these applications coming from a classical background, yeah. you you typically run everything locally and then you switch over to the cloud. And it's like, how how am I supposed to? It's like you can simulate API gateway or right. the Lambda function, but then simulating and even DynamoDB is fine. But when you get to uh, you know, S3 or SQS or any of these other supporting services, uh, it's just not feasible at that point. And so I think a common problem that I've been seeing is that companies are investing a lot of time building these kind of like local S3 uh, tools, which ultimately uh, are never going to simulate it entirely. So, um, yeah, in fact, yeah. by the way, there, there's a project on GitHub named Local Stack. So, so it comes from from the Atlassian. So, LocalStack basically simulates the AWS environments on your local. But as I said, so even you simulate the AWS uh, services on your local when you deploy your applications to real cloud to real AWS environment. So, so it is very expected that there will be problems. So, there might be very different problems from from your local because local and the Cloud environment is very different, and you can't have exactly the same environment on your local. So, so even you have the exact the same environment so on production, still there might be cases that you didn't handle. So, these unhandled cases might fail your application, and also you may not reproduce the problem on your local. So, so, so debugging. So that is the reason that why debugging is very important. So, in case of problem you need to collect very detailed telemetry data or monitoring data from from your application itself to 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 understand and troubleshoot and to troubleshoot the problem later so when people are collecting all this data then using a platform like thundra that then gives them the ability to kind of dig into the code uh, after the fact after the execution happens right yeah right um, the common, the, the most common problem that I've seen when I've had to work with developers on my team and try to get them up to speed on serverless is just the level of, you know, you go to CloudWatch and then you go to logs and you go to a log group and then you select a single log and yeah. it's like, it's it's just a whole blob of uh, these like console logs for using Node.js or some other language mm-hmm. and you can't really understand it. And even if you do have some really good logging at, that's going through CloudWatch, it's it's like hidden underneath these like separate tabs. And so I've just seen that as like the, the biggest issue. Um, and from from brief amount of time, just to kind of like, you know, hype Thundra a little bit, from my brief experience working with Thundra, it seems like you'll do a pretty good job on that front of kind of like collecting these logs and then demonstrating like where uh, errors are potentially popping up. So yeah, we are getting very positive feedbacks from our users, from our clients, uh, how Tundra provides them full observability for their for their functions. Before Tundra, and they were putting log statements around the count, and this was polluting their code base. And additionally, putting log statement is not feasible all the time, uh, such as when you want to trace a third-party library, because not always you have the exact you have the control of the source code. Because 
Sometimes you are using third-party library and you want to trace third-party library. So in this case, you can you can change the code of the third-party library. So so in this case, Tundra can help you to to instrument the third-party library or third-party dependency uh, to to trace the code execution and to to understand the problem. So from this perspective, logging can't help you on production to to understand the problem, but you need to you need to instrument the application. You need to instrument the application manually or automatically. But the disadvantage of the manual manual instrumentation is that you need to you need to instrument the the application by your own. But this is uh, this is error prone and also this is polluting your code. That is the reason that we we support automated tracing. So with Tundra. Uh, you don't need to make any changes in your application. So even for, for instrumenting your own code base. So with Tundra configuration, you can define uh, the points in your code base to instrument, like, like the module name or, or the class name or the function or the method name. So Tundra can instrument your own code base without, without, changing, your, without changing your code, without adding any uh, instrumentation statement around your, your own code. Yeah, okay. And when you say that, you're you're talking a bit about the uh, serverless plugin that you made, right? Yeah. Right. Is that like one part of it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. For those who don't know, uh, if you use a serverless framework, um, you can actually use uh, plugins, and they allow you to do things like automatically wrapping your code. Um, and and so that's. Do you mind explaining that a little bit? Yeah, we have service plugin, but uh, our. For- but the plugin's first version was 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 wrapping the code, but then we changed it to the layers. So we have layers for for Java, Node.js, Python, and the .NET. So with the help of layers, so in the service plugin, we don't need to uh, wrap the wrap the code before deployment. So basically, currently we are adding our layers with our service framework plugin. So wrapping the wrapping the actual code. Uh, is the old implementation, and also we are about to release a new feature. So with the new feature, users will be able to uh, instrument their their AWS Lambda functions from from Tundra console remotely. So so they don't need to add layer or use service plugin by yourself to instrument their Lambda functions. So they they will be able to inst- they will be able to select and instrument. Uh, they are AWS Lambda functions from Tundra console. Wow! Now that sounds. I'm excited to see what that looks like. That that sounds like you are um, you are doing some magic <laughs> on the console side. So yeah. basically, it wasn't a magic because we are we are we are gathering access to to users' environment. By the way, this is optional. So basically, so under the hood, we are we are we are adding our layers uh, to, to the Lambda to the users' Lambda function. So, so from the from this perspective, I know that that is not a magic, uh, but <laughs> but we believe that uh, this will improve users users uh, users adopt users adoption to servers and to to integrate Tundra. Yeah, no, I think I I totally agree with that. I think one big one big uh, areas. People deploy and package their functions in in hundred different ways. So, you know, even like the serverless plugin works for the serverless framework potentially. But then, as you mentioned, Lambda layers, 
um, and the complexity level associated with like these different things of even explaining what Lambda Layers does. I can see the fact that like some people, they just run a CLI command with the AWS CLI, for instance, to actually upload their code to AWS. And so they have no like real instrumentation uh, or infrastructure to support it. And something like this is seems like a, you know, a pretty easy way for people to get integrated into uh, doing this instrumentation and seeing this monitoring without the overhead of, of having to know every single detail. Yeah, Thunder yeah, the Lambda layer was a great feature for 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 tools like Tundra or the other monitoring and secu- security security tools because with with the help of layer you you can you can inject you can inject yourself into the Lambda applications without redeployment, without changing code, without building the application with with your library. So that was very uh, very good feature for us, so, and also we take the leverage of that feature. So we were integrated with 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 AWS Lambda players from day zero. So and also we we were launch partner for for AWS uh, Lambda layer and the custom runtime announcements mm. the previous year. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I know I, I remember seeing it and it was just like. This like big swarm of like oh and they they're here our partners that we've been working with that have already like integrated into Lambda layers. Um, there was one question I had. I know that I think I've seen that Sundra can actually you can add it to your AWS account and it can actually be billed directly through like the marketplace. Is that yeah right? Is that correct? Yeah right. So users can subscribe Tundra through the AWS marketplace. So yeah, we are also AWS marketplace seller. By the way, some of the users were waiting for that uh, because they don't want to. They don't want to sign up by giving the credit cards. They don't. They just want to subscribe to Tundra through their AWS accounts because they want to do all the things from their AWS accounts. So that is the reason that why why we supported marketplace subscription for Tundra because there were users. Uh, which were asking to to subscribe Tundra through their AWS accounts, and because they didn't want to uh, subscribe to Tundra through through their credit cards, so they just want to uh, they just want to pay for, from their AWS credits. And how have you seen the? Uh, have you seen a lot of users that have been to me? That seems like a good value out of like they they don't have to use their credit card or anything like that it's already integrated into their their billing um have y'all seen pretty good success with that so far yeah because users also can pay uh can pay from their aws credits for tundra so that is also another interesting advantage of aws marketplace integrations so they don't want to pay directly to tundra they want to they they can use their AWS credits to use Tundra in uh, high pricing plans like like light plan, standard plan, or the enterprise plan. Wow, no, that's um, I did not know that you could use the credits for that too. So that's that definitely seems like because AWS will give out credits all the time. They'll be like, here's you know a hundred credits or a thousand credits um, that you could then use, and so they can subscribe to this uh, using the marketplace, integrate with Tundra, pay through their credits, and they're not actually being billed anything. So like a credit card. It depends on yeah. It depends on the the uh, the, the types of the credit. So 
we cannot use all the credits for 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 marketplace subscription, but for some credits, yet yeah, you can use it. Awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think I think we're coming to time. So. Uh, I just wanted to be respectful of your time and I would just say like, uh, thanks for coming on here, uh, Sirkin, and telling everyone about like serverless and giving all this insight into local testing and monitoring and debugging and security. Um, is there any ways that people can get in touch with you? Is there anything that you want to tell people about uh, before we close out? Yeah, sure. Uh, they can ask questions through our website, tandra.io online, and we will back them in a very short time. And additionally, we have public comment Slack. Uh, so people can join our community Slack by invitation on our website and chat with us about Tundra or servers in general. And besides that, they can also report issues or feature requests to us or our GitHub repositories. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, for those listening, um, Talking Serverless will be coming out with another episode here shortly. And we look forward to hearing feedback from the community. Uh, thanks so much, Sirkin. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. My pleasure.